Welcome to Evolve to Succeed, the podcast that brings together entrepreneurs, founders, business leaders, and experts to talk about their journeys and explore the link between personal and business success. I'm your host, Juan Munson, founder of Evolve, a coaching, training, and development company focused on enabling business and personal success and creating a community of like-minded individuals. Whether that be through our peer groups, one-to-one coaching, our training and development programs for you and your teams, or through our content and events, our mission is to get the best out of each individual and inspire them to be better both in life and in business. If you want to learn more about Evolve, including our beautiful co-working space in Ashley Cross in Paul, then please go to evolvemembers.com where you'll find great content, insights, details of all of our services, and also information on our forthcoming events. For now though, let's get on with the show. I was recently invited by Zets, accountants and business advisors to appear on their Bang the Drum podcast. Superbly hosted by freelance journalist Emma Shepard, Bang the Drum focuses on the challenges and triumphs of business and entrepreneurship and has featured at number one in the Apple Management Podcast Charts. On this episode, I'm joined by Leanne Spencer, best-selling author and expert in corporate well-being, and Rachel Harris, director of StriveX and founder of Accountant She, to talk about the very important topic of entrepreneurship and mental health. So, as well as contributing to the conversation, I took so much away personally from the insights from Leanne and Rachel, and I hope you do too. With rising costs, economic uncertainty, and recruitment challenges, and many, many other things, business leaders are under considerable pressure at the moment. It's therefore crucial to have an open discussion about issues such as burnout, positive habits that can encourage better work-life balance, and where also to go for help. So please do enjoy this essential episode. I'm your host, Emma Shepherd, and I'm joined today by Warren Munson, as its managing partner, mental health first aider, and a former champion of GU6 at Dorset Chamber. I'm sure we'll hear about that a bit later. Rachel Harris, director of StriveX and founder of Accountant She, and Leanne Spencer, an author and expert in corporate well-being. Warren, Rachel, and Leanne, thank you so much for joining us. It's a pleasure. Thank you. Thanks for having me. In this episode, we'll be talking about the triggers that may cause entrepreneurs to experience spells of poor mental health, some of the signs to look out for, and the type of strategies they can use to improve their mindset and protect their business. Leanne, maybe we can start with you. Um, To what extent do you think we're seeing a crisis in mental health among entrepreneurs right now? Is it too, too far to say that we are experiencing a crisis? Well, I think we we probably are. I think we're seeing an explosion in mental health uh, challenges across the board, really. I think with entrepreneurs, there's probably some unique set of circumstances. Mm -hmm. You know, there's the hustle culture that we're being exposed to, encouraged to subscribe to. There's the isolation of being an entrepreneur in some cases, particularly in the startup phase. There's the, the feeling of having to shoulder the responsibility for a number of different functions, you know, single-handedly. So I think there's a number of challenges. And then, of course, there's the drive that sits behind many entrepreneurs that's slightly unique to entrepreneurs, you know, this Mm. this desire to fulfill a purpose, launch a product or whatever it may be. So I think we probably are seeing, um, you know, an increase in, in reported mental health challenges. I think what probably sits under a lot of that 
is this desire to perform at high levels all year all year round, which is mm. something I'm sure we'll get into as the episode unfolds. You know, and it simply isn't sustainable. Mm-hmm. And I think one thing that we can introduce is this idea of creating a little more cadence to the way we approach work, performance, goal achieving, goal setting, and all these different kinds of things. But ultimately, you know, if we can encourage an entrepreneur to think that we don't have to go flat out all the time, yes, that will certainly help. And obviously, mental health is a huge term. Yes. Um, burnout and stress is an aspect of it. Mm-hmm. But I think if we start to talk around that, which we will do, of course, in this episode, that's one way to reducing those instances of poor mental health. I think that's really insightful. And I was going to ask you about triggers that might sort of spark periods of poor mental health. You mentioned a couple there, kind of this this push to launch a new product, perhaps, or, or I don't know, open a new um, outlet, a new arm to, to, to your business, expand your service offering. Are there some commonalities that that you see? In the challenges that entrepreneurs are facing. I suppose those triggers that that might spark things like burnout um, or or, or stress. Yeah. Yeah, I think there's probably a lot of commonalities. I mean, if you think about an entrepreneur, the type of personality that they may be, they it could perhaps be argued that they are more open to the risk of things like stress and burnout Mm. because they may not be as alert to the triggers, the little signs the body sends that indicate we're pushing a bit too hard, Mm. too fast. We may have this uh, ability to override all of, of that and just keep on going. And in some cases, that's how an entrepreneur becomes successful. Yes. They're, they're first to market or they find a new way of approaching a problem or a solution. Yes. Uh, so it's, it's a great skill, but I think we need to introduce the lens of, you know, perhaps there's, there's a clever way of doing this, that you still get the same results. Mm. And, you know, as we'll come to talk about, athletes know this. They know that the... The goals, the, the the performance, the gold medals and whatever it might be, are achieved through a period of training and then adaptation. Yes. And I definitely think that that model could be taken into the world of entrepreneurship. Hard work's great, but it's the sleep, the little, what the I rest. call slivers of recovery. Oh, I like slivers that. Slivers <laughs> that, that will help them to, you know, to achieve that goal and maintain good health. Because what's it all for otherwise? Of course, of course. And Warren, you're, you're nodding. Is that something that, that you've experienced as well? And, and is this something that you think small business founders overlook? Yeah, I think they do. I think because, uh, I think Leanne very eloquently put it, I think that that piece, particularly around the drive to succeed, and, and particularly also in the early years of business where I think mm. that can be the most challenging because in those times you are you have this image of what success may be and it might be social media hustle driven and that's not true success and it's only sometimes when you've been in business for a period of time that you understand yourself you really understand why you're doing what you're doing and you understand how to get that equilibrium yeah. between better mental health better performance better results for the business and all of those things. So I think, you know, definitely there is, you know, a concern and an issue, but I think it's always been there. I think it's great that things like this podcast are happening and we're out there and we're talking about it because I think for so many years there was this pump the chest, alpha male, alpha female Mm -hmm. approach to business and actually that didn't help anybody. And I think the fact that we can have these conversations it is the right thing and it and it's the thing that we should be doing and i hope hopefully that just raises awareness of you know individuals and what they can do to help themselves on their journey 
Definitely. And it's so different, isn't it, to being an employee? You can't really switch off 100% when you're a small business owner. There's always something that needs doing, you know, so you actually probably do have to be quite strict with yourself between I'm going to have some time off now. Definitely. It's 24-7. Yeah, yeah, of course. Rachel, I'm sure that's something that you can um, relate to. Uh, You've been running your company for almost three years. Yeah, yeah, I have. I, I, in terms of the not being able to turn off I so I own one of the UK's fastest scaling accountancy practices mm-hmm. and I actually run the business with my husband so we're mm-hmm. life partners and business partners <laughs> and um yeah I would say it definitely doubles doubles the good and halves the bad but in terms of that work life balance it almost gets gets even harder yes yes I, I I can definitely see that what do you think the biggest stresses have been for your own mental health or oh, good question um, yeah, I mean, even even as someone who speaks to so many entrepreneurs and business owners, I would definitely say that even if I was speaking to somebody as a prospective client, most people, even when they're speaking to just me as an accountant, mention a feeling or an emotion mm. long before they ever mention a number mm. to me on a call. And so the openness to to share those things is so at the surface. And I think so much of it does come from finances for a lot of small business owners. Like we're British. We cut like speaking about money generally feels very, very uncomfortable. And so we do see so many people sort of come to us to be that um, that sounding board for them as well. I'd say, yeah, in, in terms of me having a team and having the team scale. So we've we've gone from it, you know, being a one man band at our dining room mm-hmm. table three years ago to now being a team of 15 with 700 clients in three years. And I think if I could give myself some advice three years ago, it would be that don't expect hiring a team to solve your problems immediately. Very often it gets harder before it gets Mm -hmm. easier. And I think that's something that a lot of of people relate to. And, and, you know, having a team, it's a champagne problem, but it does bring with it more problems. And actually they're sometimes bigger headspace problems. So with a team of 15... You know, if one person has one problem once a year, that's actually still more problems than months that I have, you know, to look after them as individuals as well. Yeah, of course, it's a totally different skill set, isn't it? Leanne, you're nodding. Is this something that you, that you see with others as well? It is, yeah. And I, I'm just wryly smiling as well because it's certainly <laughs> something I've experienced. We're a team of five now. We've been up to eight. So it's a relatively small business. Um but yeah, I mean, I've certainly found with, with hiring team, it often, uh, and there may be a number of things attributed to that, you know, my lack of due diligence or, mm. you know, not not asking the right questions in the hiring process or great, you can do it here, let's go. Uh, I think having a team isn't necessarily the solution or it certainly can raise more issues. So I was just sort of agreeing with that. Something else that I was thinking about and bring me back in if this is distracting no, is that we, we very much focus on financial goals. And one thing that I've changed about myself well a whole host of things but that's that's a series in itself but it is moving away from a a pure focus on revenue Mm. of course you know pound shilling and pence drive a business there's no getting away from that you have to be closing the sales and managing the costs and everything else but increasingly I've turned my focus and this is relevant I think to mental health to the purpose of the business of which there's much spoken about at the moment but the value we may be giving back to a community or a subset of a community or chosen charities Mm -hmm. And having some of those things be part of the North Star of the business. It's got yeah. to make money, sure. But what else are we here for? And I do think that that money and the pursuit of it sits at the root of an awful lot of the evil in the world, not, mm. not to go down that route. And then when I come back and I say, well, we've got a monthly target and we need to reduce this and, you know, here's my fee and I'm not going, but et cetera, et cetera. It's just still going on about money. So my attention's now drawn to what is it all for? What can mm. I do with this? How much do I need? I don't need more than that. Mm-hmm. So. 
that's helped with my mental health personally. And I think to bring it back to this conversation, if as entrepreneurs, we also thought, and some are, what's this all for? Okay, it's for making money. What's that for? Yes. That would help, I think, to, to create some balance. And I think it's yeah, so true. And I think when I'm sat down with a client or you know, even a friend that's in business, you know, the question I constantly ask is what does good look like? Yes. Yeah. And good look like looks like when you really get into that conversation with a business owner, it comes to be meaning so much more than the money. The money might be the first answer, but it's mm. like peeling an onion. Mm, mm. And you start to, you know, probe and test and and get the responses. And so, you know, one of those questions I'd ask any sort of business owner listening to this podcast to answer is what does good look like for them? Mm. And I and absolutely it's got to have a balance between personal and business success. And I, yeah. I reflect on my own journey of building, you know, the business that we sold to Azette's and I, and I look back and I think the times when the business was I would have given the business a score of 10 out of 10, I was probably on the floor mm, personally. Mm, mm. And the times when it felt right, I would have probably scored both personal and business seven. Because when personal was really high, I was probably neglecting the business a little bit. And it's about trying to get that equilibrium of you know, the things that are important to your life and spending time on those. Yes, mm. yes. That makes a lot of sense. I mentioned hustle culture. There's a lot in, in culture that suggests business culture, that some is great, more is better. Those numbers look brilliant, but we could probably double those or we could halve these costs. And, and that's fine and well, but isn't that a bit of a hiding to nothing? Because if more, more you, there could always be potentially more sales, mm. but you keep going down that route and your own personal sustainability is going to become degraded. And I think if you can harness some of your personal aspirations and ambitions, not in a business sense, but in terms of the broader purpose of, of what you want to do to the business, then you want to a bit of a winner because, yes, it provides you with revenue, but it could also be, you know, the, the G, was it the GU? You know, it could potentially yeah, be something that helps six, with that. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and just things that aren't monetarily related because you can always go chasing more money. Yes. But where does that end? Definitely. Uh, Rachel, does this ring a bell with you? Is, are those sort of personal ambitions something you've been able to, to bring into your business as it's grown? Oh, yeah, 100%. Um, yeah, so we call it a North Star. And I, I definitely feel like in 2023 for, for business owners and for entrepreneurs, it can feel like, especially when you operate in, in an online space. So we have a community of, of 30,000 people and you know, my DMs are full of people coming to ask me to re record podcasts or come and speak to membership communities. And I think a huge part of, of burnout for a lot of us or, you know, getting to the point of a breakdown for some of us is just feeling that need to say yes because you're not sure where money is coming from. And so having a North Star and being really, really clear and defined with it can really, has helped us huge, huge amounts in our business understand what to say yes to, what to say no to. And if, if it's not a yes and it's not a no, it could be a yes, but I'm going to have to charge for that because it's not quite North Star material, mm. but actually cash could help me get closer to my North Star. Mm. And so that's something that's changed huge things within our business because I think so often we just put so much pressure on ourselves to say yes to everything um, yeah. that actually being really, really clear and defined with what that goal looks like and it not you know, having cash associated with it, whether it's a feeling. So James and I's business partners got married last year. And so uh -huh. Operation Wedding Rachel was actually number one. <laughs> we got married on the seventh on the seventh of the month. And I said to James, we will not be filing bat returns <laughs> on our wedding day. Um, and so for, for lots of people, a North Star could be a feeling or or it could be a, a monetary value that could help them in, in personal avenues of their life as well. 
Yes, yes, that, that that's great. Leanne, I wanted to ask you a little bit about stigma. Um, I feel like sometimes for small business founders, they're reluctant to share with their wider team when they are struggling. Perhaps they think it'll be demotivating. Um, and, and if they don't have a co-founder, you mentioned um, earlier on in the conversation, being an entrepreneur can be quite a lonely place, particularly if there's no co-founder to kind of, mm. you know, share what they're going through. Do you think there is still a stigma around um, mental health in the workplace, particularly at that higher level, or are people starting to be able to to share? I think there is still a stigma. Um, I think what we should be aspiring towards is a conversation where you know, mental health isn't, it's just completely normalised mm. to the point that we don't even have conversations about it. Right. <laughs> I mean, that's really how I feel about it. I mean, isn't it, when you boil it down, isn't it completely normal that I'm going to wake up some days, whether I've done a workout or not, and feel a bit tired and achy? Isn't it completely normal I'm going to wake up some days and not fancy it? Yeah. Or worse, you know, where yeah. you've actually had a period of, I had it myself at the end of last year, um, a period of feeling really flat, really low. Um, if you'd said to me, how are things going? And they were going really well, but I go to you, yeah, all right. Yeah. And you say, oh, liven up because things are really, you know, you, things are going great at the minute. But that's how I felt. Now, there was some various, you know, menopause-related hormone stuff that was going on. But isn't it completely normal that we're going to have these these ups and downs? Mm. And just to emphasize, we are talking about a subset of mental health, of course, which mm. is really stress, perhaps some anxiety, depression, burnout, um, huge topics. But I think there is some stigma. I think the more we can get leaders, uh, whether it's leaders of PLCs, leaders of you know, sole traders or whomever, people in business having normal conversations about, you know, I just really didn't, I don't feel great at the moment or I, um, I, I'm having low mood and here's what I'm doing with that, mm. the better. Um, the, I think the very best thing that a leader of a company of any size can do is not put notices on the back of toilet doors saying it's good to talk, but but talk about it. Yes, say you can, by example. Yeah, you can spin it two ways. You could say, look, here's when I felt my lowest and here's what I did. Or you could talk about as one um uh i can't remember his name now but he was at the time running a bank he used to talk about the positive things that he did to maintain good mental health mm. you know i cycle to work and one of the reasons why is it gives me really great mood and energy when i get in i love the fact that movement buys me those two mm. valuable commodities movement mood and energy so we can talk about things that we do positively to maintain equilibrium or even better to boost energy mood motivation yeah. There is still a stigma, um, but we need to increase it. We need to just normalise these conversations and then perhaps we won't even need to have them at all. <laughs> and it's, we're all used to talking about our physical health, you know, yes, the exercise yeah. that we do. But we've got to get to the place and we're not there yet. But hopefully we're on that journey where we talk about our mental health in the same way we do our physical health. Yeah. It should be everyday conversations. Yeah. And Warren, I suppose if if someone is having a particularly tricky period of, of, of poor mental health maybe as Leanne said they, they feel a bit flat they're really not in the game they feel like they're just going through the motions why is that important to address what can that do to a business I suppose if 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 that continues for for a long period of time well I think you know the business owner is the leader of any organization and it, you know how you show up as a leader within your office within your environment within your business will reflect on performance within the business. And it will reflect on motivation, staff retention, and all of those kind of things. And I think ultimately, and again, I've, you know, I've been on this journey myself, is if you ignore it for too long, mm. you start to make poor decisions. Because mm -hmm. the rationality of decision-making disappears. 
you know, you lose that kind of perspective. Yes. And ultimately, as I come back to, even if you've got co-founders, you know, you are one of the leaders within the organization and it's really important to be there to be able to show off. And when you don't, not only is that detrimental to your own health, the risk of burnout, the risk of, you know, serious stress and depression, that will have a negative effect on the business. You know, and businesses do fail because the business owners aren't addressing their mental health. Mm. They're not in the right place. They're not in the right rhythm. And, you know, they set themselves these goals and objectives. But if you're not in the right place to perform as a business owner, business leader, then you're not going to achieve your full potential. And I suppose it comes back a little bit to that reference that was made earlier in the conversation about athletes. Yes. Yes. Athletes, you know, will make sure their physical health and their mental health is in the right place to enable them to perform. Mm. I always talk about Serena Williams. She's evolving out of Mm. tennis, but still a great example. One of the the most decorated athletes of our times. If you think about the next, well, the French is being played at the moment. Wimbledon is the big UK Grand Slam. If you think about Serena Williams, she won't expect to be Grand Slam fit all year round. Mm. What an athlete appreciates more than anyone else on earth probably is that the performance comes as a result of training and then recovery. Uh, and I think as business athletes, if you can think of ourselves like that, we could learn a lot from that. Um, I've got a, I could talk about it if you like, uh, an approach uh, that I, when I, you know, when I speak at events, it's, it's what I talk about and encouraging people. I think, you know, to backtrack, I think business is an endurance sport with occasional sprints. Yes. <laughs> or your listeners might be, ah, 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 business is an endurance sport with frequent sprints. <laughs> or maybe some someone is sitting back wherever they are thinking, well, every day feels like a Wimbledon to me. I've always got these big events. It's every day feels important. But wouldn't it be great if we saw ourselves as business athletes? And the cadence approach is basically predicting. Let's look ahead to some of the mm. predictable events within the business, quarterly sales results, product launch, software release, whatever it is. Personally, you know, it's just as important. New child coming into the family, a baby, mm-hmm. you know, maybe a child going to a new or specialist school. A wedding. A wedding, exactly. Um, house move, those sort of things. Mm. Big events that wouldn't it be great if as a family, whatever that family looks like, we just got ready for that. Mm. A second phase is prepare, small changes, big impact. Little tweaks that you can make to maybe your sleep routine. Uh, but I do emphasize small changes that have a big impact. Maybe a little tweak in the way that you recover or whatever it may be, the way you keep energized. Perform is about respecting your red flags, make sure you're not hurtling towards goal, whether it's personal or professional, and ignore the little telltale signs the body sends. And then recover is this notion that backing off beats burnout, what I call mm. slivers of recovery. Sliver, you know, you think of sliver of cheese at a dinner party or sliver of cake. <laughs> Big chunk, <you> know. actually. <laughs> <laughs> but no, but a, a tiny little little sliver. So just to, you know, maybe... Leaving studio today, we might just stand in the sun for 10 minutes, absorb the sun's rays, move on, or two minutes of breath work, or daydream, looking down the street, whatever it might be, before going on your way. That's the idea of the cadence approach, and I think almost any anybody, really, any busy professional could benefit from that. Mm. We tend to think we have to perform at high level all year round. Well, we can majority perform, but the way that we'll be successful and keep burnout at bay is by anticipating those events, getting ready, getting them done, but those crucial bits of recovery. And that works just as well if you can't predict what's coming up either. Slivers of recovery yeah, to keep in balance. I love that. And it seems like a much more proactive approach rather than a reactive approach. Yes, exactly. Yeah. If you've got daily non-negotiables, which are comprised of slivers of recovery, so maybe a daily breathwork session, something like that, or in between calls, I spend two minutes just looking out the window and daydreaming. 
that's how you'll help you know, to keep on more of an even keel. Mm. Fantastic. Well, let's take a break. And after the break, we'll continue our discussion about mental health, particularly the signs leaders should look out for, what help is available and the need to embrace failure and alleviate that pressure of being 100% on all the time, which I think we've started to cover already. <laughs> Join us after the break. Good morning. One of those days again, right? Stressed out by all those time-consuming daily routines? And then there is payroll, all those new regulations, all the time you have to spend learning how they affect your business in Norway, Sweden, Denmark, Finland. Lots of effort, lots of frustrations, and lots of hours wasted on complex payroll administration. Imagine if payroll was effortless and ceased a lot less of your precious time. How about this? Maybe you should take a little break. There are experts out there who understand all about your payroll challenges and how to deal with them. Here at Assets, we live and breathe payroll. We know everything about the complex regulations and how to make your payroll a lot more efficient. Backed by our experts and modern IT solutions, you don't have to worry about your payroll anymore. We can take care of any payroll-related task. Now, how about that break? Allow yourself to spend time on creating more business and leave the time-consuming payroll administration to us. Getting the right expertise and people is difficult. Assets provides both. Want to know how? Contact us. Welcome back. I'm here with Warren, Rachel and Leanne. Thank you all for staying with us. Leanne, maybe let's begin this half by talking about leaders with good mental health. What does that look like and what are the benefits of business? I'm thinking about things like being able to strategize, being able to take a long-term view. Um, yeah, let's let's sort of set the picture as to what, what good looks like. Well, I've, I first would say I think good looks like, you know, it isn't constantly good mm. or in a sort of upward linear you know, getting better and better and better. I think everyone will have their ups and downs to, to different degrees. But I think when it's when people have positive mental health and ultimately creativity, productivity, performance, all benefit from that. Your ability to communicate well, to influence in sort of over and covert ways mm. is obviously going to be enhanced. I do think it's important to talk about what contributes to that positive mental health. The conversation around mental health is often from a negative. Instances of burnout, percentage of entrepreneurs who are struggling. Mm -hmm. um, let's talk about it in a positive sense. And you said it earlier, Emma, preventative. Mm. And I'm a big fan of preventative health strategies. Mm. I think what a lot of companies do is they have all these things in place to retrieve the horse once it's bolted. Right. <laughs> let's stop it getting <laughs> you know, out in the first place. The horse place. is gone, right? We've got <laughs> Yale locks all the way up the barn door and security cameras when it hoves back into view. But, let, you know, what about, and I hate to think of people as horses bolting from stables, so we'll drop <laughs> that. But how about preventative health strategies? Uh, and that some of that is the role modelling of leaders. Uh, it's conversations around this. It's the normalising of, of mental health. It's also... You know, getting down into some of the detail, thinking about the environment, the culture. So environment, I'm thinking, are you having people in yet? Yeah, we, okay, we're in a windowless box right now, but it's not for long <laughs> and we're here for a purpose. But, you know, were, were you asking people to come into office blocks where there's environmental pollution and there's not mm. a lot of natural light? So looking at those sort of, it's very detailed, but looking at all of those kind of things. Understanding what makes a healthy human being. Well, it's light exposure, it's movement, mm -hmm. um, it's connection to meaningful work, purpose, values, other people. 
So creating an environment which promotes those things. Um, so I got slight, slightly diverted, but I think as a, as a lead, if you've got good mental health, let's understand why that is. What are some of the things that we can take from that and apply to the business or share with others? Yeah. But definitely looking at things from a preventative health standpoint is the way I think. Yeah, I think that's I think that's great. And and Warren, what what are some of the signs that you think small business founders can can look out for when it looks like their mental health is beginning to to suffer? I know for for myself, I stopped sleeping, and you know you're, you're not getting that rest anyway, which which doesn't really doesn't really help. At that point, it can spiral, can't it? When yeah, you know, lack exactly. of sleep, and and that is obviously a key sign, but. I suppose there's a lot of business owners that will, you know, struggle with sleep and lay there in the night, worried, mm. concerned, thinking about what's happening next. But some of the other kind of signs that I think will be, you know, a lack of motivation. Mm. You know, I think we started the conversation about business owners, business leaders being driven. And I think, you know, one of the warning signs, if that drive seems to be dis- dissipating and disappearing, mm. that lack of motivation. I think also that ability to... And it's not an ability, but you become numb to emotions. And yes. I think that is a strong trigger or yeah. strong sign in a lot of people that actually what they're where they're at now is they're just going through the motions. Yeah. And then, you know, that inability, again, I'm possibly talking personally here, but I do see it uh, in other business leaders, that inability to be present in the moment. Mm, mm-hmm. You know, I think for me, good mental health means that you know, if I'm with my kids, I'm spending time with them, enjoying their time. If I'm out on my bike, which is what I do for my own kind of well-being, then I'm really enjoying that. And if I'm at work, I'm focused and attentive. Mm. But I know things are slightly quirky or slightly <laughs> offbeat um, if I'm not able to be present when I'm doing one of those things. You know, if you're always checking your phone, if you're always worried. So there, you know, for me, might be some of the signs that founders, business owners need to look out for. Yeah, I see. Obviously, you've got a high level of self awareness, but I think a lot of a lot of people in general just have, we've become very good at ignoring the signs the body sends, but it sends them, yes. yeah. and it keeps the score. They don't sort of, you know, you haven't got these red flags and like, oh, he's not listening. I'll oh, forget it. You know, <laughs> the body will keep the score, and and eventually some of the sort of mental health signals can manifest as physical symptoms. Yes, low back pain, unexplained aches and pains, headaches, etc. I think we just become really good at ignoring those signs and motoring on. And depending on who we follow and what kind of media we're exposed to, there's a whole culture, as I mentioned earlier, that fuels this. Look, you've got to keep working. You've got to be relentless. You've you've got to just keep on going. And eventually you'll get there. And I don't, I don't think that's the case. I think we've, we've got to listen to those little signals and pay attention. Definitely. Mm. And and if we don't, we ignore, the, you know, we ignore them, then people, you do end up in that place where you find other coping mechanisms. Yes, you like know, alcohol. Alcohol. Yes. Yeah. 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 Self harming, you know, yeah. doing things that are actually more detrimental to both your physical and mental health. Rachel, what coping mechanisms do you have to keep yourself healthy when things become overwhelming? Warren mentioned his bike there. Are, are you also um, into, into cycling? I'm actually completely teetotal. Um, I've been completely alcohol free for about five years now and, and self employed for three. And I definitely attribute, you know, quite a lot of the momentum. And consistency, which in in my mind, consistency is far more important than uh, talent <laughs> in uh, in being a business owner. And so, yeah, for me, sobriety has brought huge amounts of um, stability and, and wellness into my into my business, and then also huge amounts of routine. So, I do something called monk mode every single day, which is where from six a.m. to eight a.m. I spend two hours in complete silence, uh, working 
on my business, not in my business. And so two hours every single day are dedicated to clearing my inbox, putting together a schedule for the day, making sure that by the time my team get into the office, I am completely present and ready to sort of grow my business. And so that's six to eight, eight to nine is yoga, shower, meditation, and then back at work. And for me, having that really fixed morning routine, I'm quite an introverted person. And Mm. I think time and control over what my morning looks like actually gives me huge amounts of, of positivity and, and like balance into my day where, you know, sometimes it feels like from 9am onwards, anything could happen, but it really puts me back in the driver's seat every single morning to sort of understand exactly where I'm at. And so really, really fantastic um, morning routine has done huge amounts of things for, for my well-being, And then also just having dedicated time every day to check in with yourself so I said earlier that I used to have wedding Rachel on the build-up to the wedding (laughs) it was how how close to wedding Rachel are we feeling and actually yeah like whether you have to diarize it or incorporate it into you know your morning routine whether it's that cycle ride to work or the bus to work just checking in with yourself I think so often the pace of of self-employed life can sort of take you along with it and Mm. and really just having time in the in the diary every day to Mm. actually ask yourself how do I feel today? Yeah, uh, there's great. so many things that I love there. Time, I love time. <laughs> Control, not not in a negative sense. Consistency, I'm a huge fan of. And I've te- been teetotal for 11 years as well. And none of the things that I have, n- none of them would be around and to go too far down the alcohol route. But without that clarity of thought that comes with sobriety, congratulations on your five years. Oh, thank you. And, and to you, that's amazing. I'm feeling very guilty about my... Uh... <laughs> Glasses of wine in the evening. Warren, I'd love to ask you, you're a mental health first aider. Tell us a bit about that um, and also the the GU6 initiative. Yeah, so I became a mental health first aider through a, an initiative by Dorset Chamber. So down on the south coast, you know, the local chamber of commerce to us. And the chair at the time of the chamber, she was very much focused on actually what do we do as a chamber to support the business owners, founders, leaders. Mm. And that recognition that we don't talk often enough, as we were saying earlier, about you know our mental health. And so she put together a series of events, but also um, developed, you know, and I volunteered because it's something I'm passionate about, to be one of those champions, to actually undertake proper kind of mental health first aid training, and then to be there and to support the community. So that there was, I think, 12 of us, recognized as people that have gone through the training and if you're at an event you might and you want to talk these might be 12 people that you know could be good to talk to to and I think it was and it's an amazing initiative I think Mm. it's something that you know could be replicated around the country and would give that that element of support and Mm. I think that whole piece around you know and it opened my eyes to you know the mental health first aid training is no different really to physical uh, first aid training in that you're not there to diagnose you're not there to cure you're there to enable a conversation to take place and have that individual signpost them to where they can get professional help and I think you know um, it's something that you know is that supports I know I think there's 40 or 50 probably more by now mental health first aid trainers within Azets, and I think it's something that you know more organizations should do yes I I think I was reading recently that there maybe has been an increase. So I feel like during COVID, there was more of an appreciation for 
other things that are going on in em- employees' lives um, in particular, that kind of stuff was spoken about more at work. We were working from home. They were more aware of people that had families, perhaps other pressures that were going on in their working day. We just need to bring it back to, to leaders, perhaps. We do, but also within your, you know, your environment and your business, you know, one of the great things is there's three of us trained within our office in Paul as a mental health first aider. And there's, a, there's one of our tax managers, Helen, and she is so passionate about it and and passionate not in a intrusive way that you know we've given her the ability to you know do what you think you need to do to encourage others to talk you know go for encourage others to as a group to go for a walk at lunchtime do the you know those slithers I think Leanne Mm. but do the simple things that make a difference and I think all of us in business you know we think about our own mental health but keeping our own mental health consistent should be done in tandem with how we do that for our teams. Yes, yes, for sure. Um, And Leanne, if someone's listening to this and thinks, I really do need to reach out for some support. I mean, that sounds like a great resource. Perhaps that isn't available to to everybody. Are there any other places that entrepreneurs can go to get support? I think there are a lot of resources. There are podcasts where you can hear really good conversations, such as this, (laughs) um, on on this topic. And you can, rather than hit sort of getting the five things you can do to improve your mental health, actually hear it brought to life in conversation. I think there's that. I think don't underestimate the power of just just speaking to somebody you know or somebody you don't. Mm. There'll be someone in your immediate vicinity who is able to help you. Mm. You just may not appreciate it. Um, Just a simple conversation. I think connection is such an important aspect of mental health to some of the things I mentioned earlier, meaningful work, purpose, values to each other, to animals, to nature. So many different things. So just just reaching out, having a conversation with someone, reading a book that may offer some some support. Spending a bit of time on your own for some people as well, getting out into nature and, and having a walk. And, you know, the leaves give off chemicals that can improve mood, believe it or not. Do they really? Yep. Wow. Uh, so just getting out into nature with or without a dog, if you've got one, um, having a conversation with someone, moving, if that's available to you, being in natural light. I guess to distill that, it, it's thinking about what makes a happy, healthy, resilient human being. Yeah. And it's a few fundamentals that I think we have become very disconnected from. We're much more sedentary, we're in boxes or rooms and so on. So just thinking about what makes a happy, healthy human being or what makes you a happy, healthy human being and just, just doing one of those things straight away, whichever one is easiest to do. Just pick that. If it's standing in the sun, go do that. If it's doing some star jumps to move, go do that. Yes, yes, I think that's great. Um, and I suppose, you know, perhaps with your local chamber of commerce or there might be other entrepreneur networks yep. around you kind of reaching out to others who might be going through similar experiences to you or even if it's from other sectors. Yeah, I definitely think being connected with other business owners, other business leaders, you know, we're not all the same in any way, shape or form. But we, as you run a business, you have a lot of shared experiences and sharing those experiences and being truly honest about those experiences helps you but helps others and yes. I think you know you, there's lots of you know peer-to-peer kind of organizations out there there's lots of you know networking groups but it doesn't need in my opinion to always be something as formal as that mm. just finding somebody that you know perhaps is outside of your normal friendship family circle that is a business owner and having a coffee with them once every couple of weeks once a month yeah. and having honest conversations with them because you yeah. can because they're not yeah. part of that in your inner circle it can be liberating and I think it could be as easy as that yes and I think part of having those honest conversations is understanding that 
having poor mental health isn't an aberration or abnormal or something that you need to really panic about, but actually the bumpy trajectory of life has us all in positions where things aren't great or actually they're really terrible or they're just, I'm just a bit flat. It is normal. It's, mm. We've got to get away from this trajectory of life being this wonderful sort of linear line upwards to, I don't know what, you know, <laughs> where you never have any worries, which isn't true. Uh, it, it's a bumpy trajectory um, and it's perfectly normal to have, but you, when you have those sort of conversations, you'll realise that, that we all go through those ups and downs of life. Yeah, not to trivialise, you know, some things you wouldn't call an up and down a life. It'd be more serious than that. But but this is a normal pattern, a normal path in life. Yes, yes, absolutely. Rachel, do you have a, a wider network that you can kind of tap into? Do do you chat to other small business founders? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I literally today is my first day back at work after a workcation, which is where I literally yeah. text. Uh, text self-employed friends saying do you want to just rent an Airbnb together and and spend time together and I I think you know that was a big push from me to sort of remind myself about why I became self-employed I think so many of us become self-employed for freedom and flexibility and then chain ourselves to our desk and complain about it and so it was (laughs) yeah like a really big push for me to step out of my comfort zone Um, I have a chronic fear of you know asking a team to work really hard whilst being on on things like workcations but actually we offer flexible working and I think I need to be a great role model in doing that. And so just trying to push myself out of my comfort zone, um, having people that you can ask for help, having things like private medical and employee assistance programs to support mm. your team, even if you're a small small business like me. I think lots of misconceptions are that in order to have mental health first aiders, employee assistance programs or private medical, you have to have huge amounts of um, income or profit mm. or, or staff. And actually for us, it's that's our opportunity to drive our values up and down our supply chain and it gives our customers the ability to do that too and so our customers would much rather spend money with people that they know as a service-based business our whole team are happy and well and safe and and looked after and so um yeah really investing financially in in that for the whole team but obviously benefiting from that myself as well fantastic a vacation that sounds nice (laughs) where did you go rachel so i just got home from uh, a week in lake windermere with a group of uh, female founders which blew my brain I feel like a different person coming back and yeah we also take our team on a workcation every single year so every uh, every September October we fly out to Mallorca on an all-inclusive holiday and um yeah it's absolutely fantastic and it gives us a way to be human around each other not accountants yes. which is great and um just really bond and and spend time together in a in a really lovely way but it does does great things for our business Great. Well, I think we're coming to um, an end. Um, I'd love just to finish up with each of your top three tips for entrepreneurs looking to improve their mental health. I appreciate that we've had a lovely conversation. It's probably hard to whittle it down to uh, a top three, but perhaps if someone's reading this thinking, yeah, okay, I need to do something, maybe some easy places for them to start. Uh, Leanne, can we we start with you? You can, yeah. So I would say daily non-negotiables might just be one could be up to three, but not more. Uh, mine are a smoothie, steps and sleep. So a minimum sleep target. And so I won't go into the detail of that. Uh, second would be to consider what slivers of recovery you can pepper into your day, whether it's hourly or every two hours. And it could be just a minute. Mm-hmm. But that, I think, is, is a real key. 
Thirdly, think about this idea of cadence. I have written a book called Cadence, mm. which for, you know pad, pads out the idea considerably. So I point people towards that. It's the only plug I'll be doing in any conversation. And I hadn't planned to. But rather than me going into the whole thing, I did allude to it earlier. Even if you don't buy the book, consider this idea of cadence, which is very simply don't expect to perform at high level all the time. Introduce those slivers of recovery. Other moments in business you can anticipate that it'd be great if you got ready for, mm. get ready for those. So they would be my three. Fantastic. Thank you. Uh, Warren? I think I would go with, first off, that piece around understand what good looks like and what your definition of success really is. Because I think, again, too many of us in life get carried away by what we see in the media or on social media, what others say, and actually taking a bit of time out just to reflect on what does good look like for you. And getting some clarity around that would be my starting point. Because people aren't always honest, are they, when no. they talk about... Yeah, you know, <laughs> we, you know, we say, people say, what you expect others to hear you say. Yes. But that, if you're not careful, becomes the reality. Mm. And I think that first checking point with yourself to say, what does good really look like for me is really important. Mm -hmm. I, I think, you know, I suppose it echoes um, the this concept of slivers is I actually think, you know, increase your self-care mm. but I think too many off times you know we try and do everything at once <laughs> so just you know the idea of non-negotiables so is it you know, is it diet is it sleep is it exercise what is it that you could do you know is it getting more fresh air whatever it could do but I like that thing about just starting slowly and building and then I would also say find support in, in whatever way that works for you that might be a business support organization or a peer group or it might be one-to-one -one. Uh, it might be, you know, a life coach mm. to have those, you know, somebody that you feel you can trust and have those meaningful conversations with. But, you know, my third thing would be find that support that you're going to have around you when, you know, the rhythm of life does get out of balance because the reality is it does. Yes, yes. Thank you. And and Rachel? Of course. I'm not sure I can quite squeeze three without um, repeat, <laughs> repeating oh, no things. But <laughs> I guess um, for me... My, my closing statement would be try not to aim for work-life balance and try and move closer towards work-life rhythm where some days you give and, and some days you take. Mm. Work-life rhythm has been a lovely concept for me to get to grips with as a, a young <laughs> scaling business owner that mm. you, know, you might not be able to do it every day, but one step closer every day towards rhythm rather than balance. Um, it's not, not a status that you achieve and then you've unlocked it. It's actually something that's always moving and always changing. So try and approach it with work-life rhythm rather than balance. That's great. I love that. Mm. Fantastic. Thank you very much. It's been a, a fascinating conversation, really insightful. And uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to listening to it back because I'm going to be taking, taking some notes <laughs> and uh, trying out some of these tips myself. So thank you. Thanks very much. Thanks, Emma. Oh, thank you. It's time again for one from Azets, our regular feature where we like to ask one of our Azets advisors to give one piece of advice in one minute. So Warren, if you're ready. I'm ready. <laughs> Thinking about imposter syndrome, which entrepreneurs can often experience, well, I think we can all often experience, but particularly perhaps if they're from an underrepresented um, group, I wonder um, what you think about how they can tackle this and whether there's any support or reassurance that an accountant can, can provide. I think the first thing is to recognise that, you know, imposter syndrome is a normal response. As mm. we just, you know, just said it, 
we all get it from time to time. It's yeah. very rare that you don't. Sometimes, you know, if you're absolutely pushing yourself and you're developing new skills and you're striving to achieve, then, yeah, you know, it can kick in harder. Mm. And it, I think it's a recognising when it does. And, you know, some thoughts and tips about how you could overcome that for me would be, you know, first off is assess the evidence, mm. you know, and reflect on the things you do do well and you have achieved. And, you know, it's a bit old school, but get a pen and a paper and start making a list of some of those things because it's really easy when we're suffering from that imposter syndrome feeling is to be comparing ourselves to others and comparing ourselves to and thinking about the things that aren't going right so a bit of reflection on that I think you know secondly I would, I'd say stop comparing yourself to others mm -hmm. because we are all different and we put people up on a mantle where we don't really know them and we don't know whether they are really successful and we don't really know whether they're happy so stop doing that and, and get back to you know you know, making sure you're doing the things that are important to you. Again, I think, you know, coaching, seeking some coaching and support, if, if it is something that you struggle with, um, can be a real uh, benefit. And in terms of, you know, can your accountant help? I think the role that the accountants, you know, play, you know, Zets can play in this modern day life is actually to be that confident, mm. to be that sounding board. But I think also importantly, to connect people and, you know, put people together that they can see are having shared experiences again I use that that phrase I did earlier in our conversation so use your accountant to help connect and support that's great and uh, while we were talking about kind of knowing what good looks like for yourself I, I was thinking well that's something potentially that your accountant can help with you know Definitely. those those numbers and you know yeah. all of that being on top of all of that reporting and and I think, you know, an accountant does have those conversations time and time again with different businesses, different business owners. They see, they have a perspective on it. Mm. So use your accountant as that signing board, sounding board. Mm. Fantastic. That's great. Thank you for listening to the Evolve to Succeed podcast. My hope with every episode is that you've learned something new or heard something that challenged your way of thinking and further motivated you on your path towards becoming a more knowledgeable, informed and inspired individual and business leader. If you enjoyed this episode, then please help us by rating, reviewing and subscribing. We really value your feedback and would love to have you along for future episodes. And please don't forget to learn more about Evolve by going to evolvedmembers.com. Thank you for listening. See you next week.